Hello and welcome to another episode of Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. I'm Alec Mappa. I'm an actor and comedian, and that's how I identify. <laughs> and I'm Matthew Dempsey, and I identify as a psychotherapist and multicultural counselor. And here we are. Uh, you know, it's I have so many trans friends and family, and yeah. I, and what what they've done for me mm-hmm. is. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Is yep. is made me question how my my how I identify. Yes, constantly. Like I I I've never it's something I never really really thought about before. But I I do identify as a, a, a magical kind of male. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> tell tell me more. What does that mean? Well, you know, I'm gender conforming. You know, uh-huh. I'm I'm an effeminate man, and for years, like I didn't have my my therapist, who I'm who's so salty. I've been with him for like twelve years. <laughs> I said none of this vocabulary existed when I was a teenager. Right. And he goes right. So you were just a fag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's power in identifying and being able that, to understand. That, that if I had had like, uh, uh, I, I wonder, like, I'm I'm not sure it would have eased the road for me entirely. But if I had said like, oh. Oh, this is what I am, and this yeah. is the thing, yes. and it's legitimate. Yes, and which is what the language of today's youth have. I that love it. I, I love. Finance. I love that everything's evolving. I love that the language is evolving. Not that I think that we need to grasp onto like identities and labels, but it is helpful for us to just have some framework. And the right. fact that there's so many more options to choose from, I think, is amazing. I love it. I think that the, the you're either liberated by the label. Yeah. Or you can be, um, you, you can be constricted by it. You can be constricted by it. You can be tortured by it. You know, it just depends like anything in life. If we're going to be really rigid about things, we're going to have a, a difficult time, but when we can use things more as a framework, as a structure that is, you know, kind of flu a little bit more fluid, I think that's actually what can be the most helpful. So we have a, you know, a way of understanding ourselves, but not having to pigeonhole ourselves to any kind of one specific. Dimension. What was your, how did you feel after? Do you remember a certain point where you were like, I'm gay, this is it. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So I did the whole thing where, you know, I, I started, you know, talking to guys and I was like, well, I guess I'm bisexual then. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that whole thing. Just what the bisexuals are pissed off about too. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. Well, we've, we've all got our, uh, we've all got our pads anyway. But so I, so I did that for a while. And, uh, and then I remember talking to my very, my very first boyfriend and mm-hmm. he was just like, yeah, I'm gay. And I was like, you're, you're like, gay, gay, gay. Like you're just fully gay. And he was just like, yeah, he's like, you know, I did the whole bi thing too. And, you know, by the way, we're like 17 years old Mm -hmm. and he's like, and you know, and I just kind of realized after a while, it's like, I'm not hooking up with girls. I'm not interested in girls. So I just like decided to like, you know, pull the trigger and go for it. And it was after that, that I was like, I'm gay. I'm gay. Cause I'm not going to date girls. I don't want to be with girls. So I just had to arrive at that place. Um, but yeah. I was with girls because I had great friendships with women, with girls. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I would be like so emotionally one with women. And I had sex with women in high school, yeah. girls. And But I had great sex with men, but no emotional connection. Yeah. So I lived in that kind of anxiety for a bit like, oh, I can be physical with a man, but I've never had, I've never been in a situation where I had a boyfriend or felt secure right. enough in myself to, you know what I mean? It was yes. like, Yeah. It's, it's easy to divide things up a little bit, right? Like, it's just like, oh, well, this is just for sex or pleasure, but like relationships and intimacy can be with women and then mm-hmm. it can maybe get a little confusing, yeah. And then it came to a head for me. <laughs> it came to, I, I think, freshman year of college or right before I went to NYU where I knew I couldn't be faithful 
to a girlfriend. Like uh, it was never gonna happen. And was I that the, was that the moment then that you kind of moved into a new identity? Like, yeah, this is it. You know, and 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 I remember I remember feeling a little bit of sadness about that, feeling yeah. like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna lose out on this kind of connection. Yes, because at the point. At that, at, you know, 18 years old, what do you know? But at that point in my life, I really honestly believe that that kind of emotional connection with a man wasn't possible for me. Totally. And I think that's understandable, especially at the time when you were 18 and where the community was at that point. Right. It was incredibly hard to, you know, find like more intimacy and in people who are gay Jealous. guys, especially. Yeah, it, it for sure is. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. when you grow up with so much shame around who you are, even after you come out of the closet, it's hard to open up the more authentic parts of us, which is how we meaningfully connect with others. Right. So it becomes more of a task for us, obviously a lot more challenging. Do you remember, um, first of all, I just want to be clear. So like, did you, have you ever questioned your gender identity? Oh, I've talked about this on the show. Um, you know, I was um, in a Broadway show for uh, nearly three years called M Butterfly, where I was in drag every single night right. for a good two hours. And then the last half hour of the show, I was naked. Yeah. But, um, and I remember like, you know, I, I'd be womanly. I would get the attention backstage. It felt like a pretty girl, but I yeah. always felt so liberated. My favorite part of the show was taking everything off. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew it was like, yeah, I'm not a, no, like I didn't even want to, like, I, you know, like today there's so many drag queens. Yeah. Like that would have been the perfect transition point for me. Like professionally, I'm going to be a drag queen from now on. Right. I never, I never pursued it just because I, I like the way I look, but I never, I, I never identified as female. I never, I liked my uh, my my genitals. I liked having sex with men as a man. Right. Uh, yeah. But just identifying as male, that always felt like that was that was the right identity for you. That wasn't yes. something that you questioned. Yeah, that's yeah. the same with me. Do you remember the first time that uh, like what was the first what was the first introduction for you to the trans community? Do you remember that? Um, well, you know, I had a lot of friends who were drag queens and I'd go see them perform. And in uh, in a lot of drag lineups there are, there's inevitably, you know, there's, there's the comedy queen, there's the dancing queen, there's, a right. queen, there's, there was usually a trans girl or girls in the lineup show. Yeah. Girls. Yeah. And they were the realness queens who would come out and just astonish people. Uh, and um, so that was my intro to the community uh, of okay. trans women. Yeah. And, and, and as a, as a, as a, as a teenager, uh, my my perception of it was like one that's really brave, yes. but the other side of that was like, wow, they really yeah. went all the way, yeah, all the way, right? Well, which is kind of what I I mean, like a version of that that I thought with my first boyfriend, like, wow, you're all the way gay, like yeah. you really went for it, right? Yeah. And the amount, the amount, all like the, the way kind gay of with Matt all Demi the way. <laughs> That's your, that's your show. The amount of, honestly, and it's just what was even what I thought at 17 with my boyfriend was, wow, like you, like you went there and the, the fear that you had to overcome and the courage that you had to have just to even get to that place and identify the in that courage. way. For sure. The first, the first introduction that I had was during grad school for me, my internship um, was exactly where I wanted to be, which was the LGBT community center in, uh, in New York. And that was the first time. And I was interacting with a ton of trans people at the time. I had no clue that they were trans at yeah. all. And it was only through, you know, uh, you know, kind of like the introductions and starting to get to know each other and, and opening up about our identities that I started to figure out. But I remember then and like one of my, you know, intern buddies was just kind of like, oh, you know, so-and-so is trans and so-and-so is trans. So I was like, what? I started looking around and I swear I thought everybody was trans at that point. It was like, yeah. it was like my like 20, I don't know what, 25 year old mind, like, you know, blown. And I, it was well, just the first around. time. 
anywhere, like walk out the door right now and go, and just think in your mind, everybody's trans. Yes. And look around and go, yeah, that makes sense. Or, or you know, anybody. Totally. Yeah. It could, yeah, for sure. And because also obviously trans does not necessarily mean what you're presenting, right? Kind of like mm-hmm. your aesthetic or your physical attributes at all. You know, right. it's an I identity, present as a rich so. white woman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I present. Yes. Kind of like I also I had um I've had friends from high school who have since come out as trans. As trans? And and who have transitioned. Um yeah. Uh, who are identified as male. I have two friends from high school and uh, who came, who uh, identified as male. And even back in high school were incredibly yeah. butch. And it was a radical act in the yes. 80s. I mean, totally. They went to the prom and tuxedos and presented as male. Yeah. And, uh, fully, fully. Uh, oh, my one friend, Chris Shanks, who uh-huh. uh, came out as uh, hi, Chris um, <laughs> was, and is still Chris didn't have to change his name. Uh, got the testosterone, transitioned, and now lives as a gay man. Okay, sorry. So was was so was born biologically female. Got it. Transitioned to male. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Okay. Said, he said, "Sorry, I just misgendered him." He said that was the t- testosterone. The effect that it had on him was like, "I want to fuck a guy." Yes, that's actually very common. That's very common. That's very common. There's um, times that I've worked with trans clients and, uh, you know, kind of same thing as a trans as a trans male and newly going through testosterone treatment. And uh, and what he was saying was, I feel really confused because I feel like I'm really starting to be attracted to men in ways that I haven't before. I've always, you know, I used to I used to identify as lesbian and have always been interested uh, sexually and otherwise in women. Um, but now I'm being now I'm, and I find myself interested in men and I can't tell if I'm actually attracted to them, like in a physical kind of like animalistic way, or if I just kind of want to be them. And so mm. and so it was like this really kind of interesting um, kind of uh, developmental part of that journey. And that's not uncommon. I've never wanted to have be anybody I had sex with. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be somebody who wants to leave right after. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fascinating to me because I have two of my other friends, uh, Andrew James and Calpurnia Adams, said that a lot of trans women who mm-hmm. uh, who are just in the in the process of ha- get into relationships with um, openly trans women at the beginning of their transition. I think that like, makes sense. I, yeah. You know, we're we're drawn to the things that we want to be exposed to, need to learn from. So that happens all the time for all of us. It's it's, a, it's such a part of the psychology of attraction is that we're drawn to people for whatever lessons, either directly or you know, kind of under uh, the level of consciousness. But right. um, for sure, that's common. I think I think identity is going to be the next fluid thing, as much as sexuality is. Like it's I just love it, be- and I just love I love that the conversation continues to open up, and everything is fluid. I'm I'm here for it. We are very excited about our guest today. It's Faith Soloway. Faith was a writer and producer on the groundbreaking show Transparent, which we all love, which was created by her sister and changed the shape of trans narratives in our country. You may not realize that the show was based on the experience of Faith's father transitioning later in life. Faith is also a composer. 
She wrote the music for the last episode of the show. Wow. She's also been an educator for 27 years in the areas of gender and sexuality. She is multi-talented, fascinating, and we are thrilled to talk to her today about yes. some of her struggles and experiences with self-identity and self-acceptance. Please welcome to the show our friend Faith Holloway. Yay! Hi. Hey, hello, and I. This is like we're right here in this discussion. My sibling is. I refer to Joey as my sibling, not my yes. sister. So that is old. We should make sure uh, in the bios going out. But that's something, gotcha. Matthew, that Joey. I had to learn that I'm like, yes. and I misgender them and oh, I yeah. call them the old name. And it is constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are we are like brought to this place of really being present. That's what it yeah. is. Yes. I'm not saying, hey, guys, anymore. I almost said that to both of you. Yeah. Really? And, is yeah, that, bad? Yeah, it's not great for for uh, people that don't want to be uh, a community of guys. Even though, gosh, that was my like growing up. Hey, you guys. Yeah, hey, you same. guys. You guys. And I'm <laughs> I'm fine with hey language. guys, hey gays, hey homos. Yeah, hey gays, hey homos. I know. <laughs> I think Al, that um, the queer, the way that we queer each other a little bit. Yeah. Like, hey, homos, hey, gays uh-huh. is is an affinity as but hey, guys, is this more cis nor het, het norma, normative way of totally. Yeah. So that's believe me, I was a, I, all I said was guys. Yeah, I, I, totally. Chicago, I hear a lot of guys, young but, women, uh, mm-hmm. uh, girls, uh, white girls uh, refer mm-hmm. to each other as dude, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's a very thing dude yeah well, totally and a reflection of like misogyny and a patriarchal you know kind of so- yes. dominated society which is lopsided and so how better can we maybe try to find like some neutral territory dude i mean yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> it, it really is a thing and yeah. it is you're right it's like it's the it's the patriarchy what do you do besides guys do you have a substitute or you just say I, hey i i say people peeps yeah. Okay. Hey, babe. Say friends. Yeah. Uh, but it really—that's the hardest one because I—I just said it left and right. I said like I taught, worked with kids all the time. It was always, you know, hey guys, walking in a room. Hey guys, guys, guys. You realize your language is just, you know, what you use is. Yeah, that's like yeah. back in the day we used to say anything that was bad was gay. Like, oh my God, you're being yeah, so, gay. so gay, or oh that's yeah. or that's so gay, as if uh-huh. it was a bad thing, and yeah. it was just so ingrained and not realizing the the it just the permeates words. your consciousness. Well, and people fight over those terms too. Like, yes. I'm not, I don't mean, don't police me. I don't mean that. Right. You know, I have right. a gay mother. Don't. I want right. my words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's a really interesting uh, thing to get into with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been doing so many fundraisers for P Flag. That's where we met in New York, yes. uh, P Flag. And mm-hmm. then um, I was lobbying for Family Equality Council in Washington D.C. and mm-hmm. the the Transgender Task Force there. And the, at the beginning of every meeting, we would introduce ourselves and say our preferred pronouns. Mm-hmm. Like that would that seem that's was standard practice it from should now be on. Everywhere I think that's now, the yes. safest way to. Yeah check totally. in with people how has the you were talking about uh jill slash joey slash jill like like how has the the change of the name affected your relationship dynamic you know the name actually was easy for me because i used to call joey things like jerry jilly <laughs> um and joey was actually not hard they was harder Mm. Um, and I'll still just forget and go to, you know, they're, 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 it's referred to as a dead name, 
but the old name. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've learned how to be in that moment where you misgender or, um, dead name and how to be in that moment too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've been educated by my trans friends and gender nonconforming friends. And, um, it's where I just am excited for more people to be in those moments to figure it out. You yeah. Know? What's helpful, what's helpful for you? I think that would be helpful for other people listening to, to hear. So when you find yourself in a position where you misgender or misidentify somebody, what mm-hmm. do you do? Um, I don't profusely apologize. Mm-hmm. I stump, I just correct myself and go on Yeah. with like no emotion. That's what you're, you're, you know, because you do the thing where you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. The person's taking care of your feelings. That's not what you wanted. Right. You're just like, so an example, if, uh, like if you change, if, if you transitioned and your name was Andrea and I said, uh, so Alec, I mean, Andrea, what we need to start doing is it needs to be that smooth. Yeah, me. Got it. Just make the correction and keep it moving. How dare yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> conversation is done. Usually that doesn't happen. Cancel fate. I, I was, Hashtag cancel fates all the way. <laughs> I, I do. I do the very thing that you said not to do. Oh my god! I, I, I apologize for <laughs> and I make myself an emotional bird for the person that I did name. Yeah. yeah. Then it becomes about you know. Obviously, we don't. It, it's 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 education all around. Yeah. Okay. So how do you, how do you educate people then when, you know, it's like uh, for a lot of us, if the more we're exposed to it, the more we practice it, the more mindful of it, obviously we're, we're better equipped to be able to do that. Right. We can kind of like correct ourselves. Don't miss a beat, not personalize it for a lot of people though, this isn't Mm -hmm. something that's typical for them. And so when it gets brought up, they can get really defensive. So how do you coach people through that kind of defensiveness? Yeah. You give them examples of something that could be uh, like that example. So Mm -hmm. when, when this person became a doctor, you didn't like say, I'm not going to call you Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. (laughs) Horrible, horrible example. (laughs) You know, I think it's a terrific example. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The person is asking you to call them something that is their identity. It makes them comfortable. It's how they want to present. And you, wherever your ideology or your beliefs are, has nothing to do with what they want to be called. Right. Yeah. So I've had a friend, her her name was Denise. She changed her name to Farai, Farai. And everybody was like, okay, Farai. <laughs> and like, that's like, it's, I don't know. I can't remember like why, but it, you know, it was a thing. And, yeah. you know, and it's, first of all, it, it, there's that, but it's really there. People are trans, 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 trans people exist. It's in yes. our history. We are trans. So mm-hmm. they are, yeah. it is not up to them to make you feel comfortable. It is up to you. Yeah. And to to respect people's identity. Like it kind of, when you were just talking about that, that maybe I remember like years ago, there was this, uh, this kind of new friend that me and my group had made and and he was going by the name of like Toph. And we're just like, okay, Toph, 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 whatever. And after like several months. Yeah. yeah, Then we realized like, oh, he moved from like wherever. And he used to go by Chris. Everybody's calling him Chris there. So he totally came here and reinvented himself. And we're just like, oh God. God." We have like judgments about it. at, At the end of the day, who cares if somebody's trying on new that's, hats or wants to experiment and identify newly, if that makes that person happy, do it. Respect. My college boyfriend changed yeah. names mid relationship and I was not a good sport about it. Yeah. Oh, no, so, really? Yeah. His name was Larry Lefkowitz, which was like a fantastic <laughs> that's a good name. Ashkenazi Polish <laughs> Jewish name. 
And, and, and the thing that was great about him being Larry Lefkowitz to me was that he was beautiful. He's like mm-hmm. a model, but he had this very Jewish name. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, I loved the contrast of that. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was starting out as an actor and a singer and he changed his name to a very kind of like, to what to me was like, kind of like a more Goyish name of uh, Noah Jordan. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to know a Jordan. And I had that, you know, like when you said your friend. I did too. Did you see me shake my head? Yeah, I was I'm like, Jewish. I'm like, what's up with that name? It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a good name. It's a good name. I was so <laughs> obstinate about it. <laughs> yeah. We had fights about it. He goes, I yeah. want you to introduce me as Noah. And I was like, mm-hmm. you introduce yourself as Noah, Larry. Um, we <laughs> broke up shortly thereafter. But I just remember that I was like a total dick about it. Like, yeah. I was not cool with it at all now we're good friends but back yeah. in the day whoosh yeah uh, whoosh. <laughs> now you said you worked as an educator for 27 yes. years specifically where it, it, boston where i where i am right now actually oh um, fantastic i was like always the person's first lesbian yeah. tell us like what is it like to be a gay person yeah. what is it like <laughs> to be a lesbian for all of these kids that were you like were the beginner probably, lesbian yeah, but, yeah Lo- local like, lesbian I was the one with, there was a, we, I worked in a group that's still, it's a fantastic group. It's still going on today. It's called, right now it's called Rehearsal for Life in Boston, but it was called Urban Improv at the time. And um, I directed one of the the troops there and specifically sexuality and gender, especially late, like gender, as I left to do Transparent, actually, right as I was leaving about 2014 is right when the gender issues were like popping up. Yeah. Mm you know, there was no language even right around then, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, in the Boston public schools that I knew of. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, we did everything. I mean, we worked with kids on all kinds of psychological, moral issues and stuff like that through theater and um, discussion, but it was, it was always the sexuality and gender stuff that they love to talk about that they, that they couldn't wait to talk about, but there, you would always see the kids that you knew were bisexual first as you said mm. yeah i'm bi yeah i'm bi okay. we're all thinking and you're gonna be gay next year but that's again my like you know my 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 prejudice about that whole thing about the way yes. sexu- sexuality kind of works but yes it was a vibe always a vibrant discussion and um loved it and still i like when you two were talking about all of this um right at the beginning i can't get enough of the discussion because it's yeah. ever evolving Totally. I would run on the set of transparent, you know, we would always do that. We would do these circles and we would do the pronouns and then some, some, you know, you know, pref- your, your pronoun, they don't, you're not even supposed to say preferred, preferred pronoun right now. It's your pronoun, right? Right. That vocabulary has just changed. Yeah. So mm-hmm. these older women who are in their seventies were like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm they too. Like they were experiencing, you could see them experiencing yes. the electricity of this freedom as like oh, one yes, person freedom. said, I'm it. One person said, I'm he or I'm she. And, you know, depending on the day, one person is, I'm, you know, I am, my pronouns are he, they, whatever, you know, it was just, and it wasn't, the pronoun circles are so interesting too, because that's enough to like give you an identity crisis as you're going around for the first time and uttering it for the first time, you know, I've been been there. Um, Did you have a first time pronoun circle experience where you were like, well, I, I'm like, I'm complete. I know my, I'm completely, I'm mid fifties and the me whole too. gender thing. Yeah. Is for me, I would have, I think had I had that language and support mm-hmm. when I was a little kid, I would have transitioned. Really? I think, I think. 
I was a little boy. I was a tomboy. My parents let me dress however I wanted to, which was amazing back then in the 70s. I rode around on my bike with my shirt off. Very, you know, they some they kind of let me do it until you know I developed. I'm sure mm-hmm. I, I didn't do it all the time, but I remember that freedom. I remember like yeah. I'm a boy. I'm a boy. Yeah. And I never had dolls. I never had Barbie dolls. I only, you know, when you play the pretend games, I was always wanting to hook up with find a wife, like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. little, little daddy guy, you know. And it was so clear. And yeah. then, uh, then later, it feels like a really classic journey i was like oh no i'm a lesbian you mm-hmm. know I, I like girls which was really true that was a, a whole like torturous thing yes. for me it was not but you know made it to the lesbian island mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and then i'm like man i'm i've got something going on here because i am jealous of trans dudes yeah you know and i and i'm je- and i'm looking at matthew like look at that beard, look at that beard. <laughs> you know like how do i do that and yeah, so it's like a real, like right now I'm. How do you, how do you, I'm like realizing we're having this conversation and I'm not yeah. even sure how you identify. I, my, my pronouns are she and her. Mm-hmm. Um, when I am quote unquote misgendered in, in supermarkets or whatever all the time, I like it. Yeah. Um, uh, my partners of late have like, we've had kind of a femme butch woman, man yeah. d- dynamic. So that mm-hmm. kind of works. I think like as a, as a lesbian, as a butch-ish lesbian, we are allowed to play in that much more so, I think, than trans women were. Of I my agree. Age yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So we can be fluid. We can our body parts become something else. The sex, sexual needs are, you know, talked about, and um, which you're young and you're just like trying to get through sex. Yeah. Know? And right. you're shamed. I'm not supposed to feel this way. I'm not supposed to be gay. I'm not supposed to be trans. So now that we are allowing ourselves to, um, should I turn this light on? Is that worse? No, I don't nice. Know. Either, either, either it's very glow. It's stimulating, stimulating conversation. <laughs> you're about to tell a ghost story about a vampire. It was on a night like this. I don't know where <laughs> I am. On the spectrum. <laughs> Just realize that. I'm I'm in the dark. It's, it's an interesting discussion because I, I've been friends with so many, I mean, certainly in high school and throughout college with so many women who identified as butch mm-hmm. that that was the butch identity. And it's like, right. I'm a butch and this is it. And um, my aunt, one of the aunts who raised me is a lesbian mm. and she's in her sixties now. So she's mm-hmm. from the fifties. Mm. And she invited me to a, a Filipino lesbian party that was ha- happening oh, in Los Angeles. Oh, I want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, fascinating because they yeah. were all Filipino lesbians in her age group. This is like maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. Half of the lesbians in the room were in Hawaiian shirts and khakis <laughs> and were the butches. And all yeah. of the women, the other, the femmes were like, ultra femme mm-hmm. High heel, lipstick and and the delineation was clear and i i don't know if that's the same anymore the babies are, don't do that babies. anymore there was the, the babies the 20s to, to the 20 year olds i don't think maybe i mean there's a lot more fluidity it seems yes. right like that there's so I much think. more wiggle room to kind of play around like as you were saying before i think that seems to yeah. be the case even for a lot of like younger gay guys like i'm following on social media it's like you just see yeah. the comfort and the openness play. and fluidity with it you gotta play yeah yeah and then, and then there are some that are just like 
I'm on TikTok all the time too. I mean, <laughs> that it. are just like baby butches and you yeah. know, just clearly this is who I am. And, and then these, I love these straight women in the South. They're like, I'm married and I have, I have two kids, but baby, you could turn me, you know, and they're like, <laughs> it's like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What? Uh, yeah. Curious about <laughs> when you said you were on, um, when you look at, uh, 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 trans men and you get uh-huh. jealous. Yeah. Um, one, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the situation and, and two, I'm interested in how much of your brain does that occupy? It sometimes it occupied. Too. That's a great question. That is a good question. And I'm so glad I've got a psychotherapist right there. Maybe you can help me. <laughs> is this a fun show? Um, no, <laughs> when, when I told, when I talked to the producer, I was like, there's, I could talk about this forever because I'm so on the fringe of, I'm so on the edge of it. And I'm so old to still be on the edge of it. And I still question so much. Yeah. Um, and how much time does it take up? There was that, that, that face, that gender app thing. Yes. Put, yeah. I was putting mustaches and beards on my face for months. Yeah. And I was, um, my, my friends who had transitioned, I was just like, yeah, like jealousy, like complete jealousy, but not, but I'm not tortured. Like I'm not in pain. You're not agonizing. Okay. Over I'm it. not agonizing. I'm, I'm, I, I've, I've had so many conversations, my, my poor trans male friends. I've had so many conversations <laughs> with them. Like it's not too late faith. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> I kind of am comfortable. You know, what's, I'm com- I'm comfortable with who I am and um my voice you know I know that is something that I don't have gender dysphoria that's what I realized yeah and when you're in the pain of gender dysphoria is when um and not all for all to every trans the, the thing I, I learned and I know is that every trans experience is completely different but it's yeah, totally. a lot to transition it's a lot. But your dad, uh, yeah. dad transitioned in his 70s. Well, she, yes, she came out in her 70s. Mm. And um, that is a whole thing that is, you know, she's in another generation where she's, sometimes she's like, you know, maybe there's, I'm more like genderqueer as well. Like, you know. But like I love that because the, the, wearing the, you know, she wears, she wears women's clothes and she's mm-hmm. very much wants to be in that presentation and yeah. wants to be in that identity. I, but I love the way that you're describing kind of all of this, even even your own experience with it, because it just sounds like there's this constant kind of check-in with yourself and a healthy curiosity. And like, you don't necessarily need to like nail certain identities down at any one given point, but there's still this kind of just like yeah. openness. And I think um, it's just typical for us as human beings. We want to have answers. And so our tendency is to just try and like, finish the story. Let's like know what, know, know what's happening. Cause it makes us feel safe. But when we have more of an evolved approach where we know we don't have to be there in order to be finished or in order to be okay. then that mm-hmm. gives more of that fluidity and it allows for more openness to just like fully step into where we are. Yeah. We are. Yeah. I never thought about that, Matthew, the safety of the story, the safety yes. of the label, the safety of this, like you said, the, the structure, what am I going to build this house in? Totally. It's that. And, and, and we forget that there are all different kinds of structures, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, because, because it is a spectrum. I mean, I know people who, mm-hmm. who, who are trans, who looked at their bodies pre-transition and this is not me. This mm-hmm. does not line up with who I am on the outside and mm-hmm. I can't live any other way. Right. Yeah. Right. And I was, I was like, I loved uh, David Cassidy, 
Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and wanted to be him. That was mm-hmm. my generation. And then uh, Johnny Depp mm-hmm. and these boys that were just like, I just wanted to be, you know. Who are kind of like traditionally effeminate in certain ways too. Like they were very of. pretty. Pretty right? boys, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So like kind of a little bit more in the middle than like these there's, kind of extreme, yeah. like, you know. There's an androgyny to teen idols that fascinates me. Uh-huh. That that That's girls so are kind of, it's like almost like this latent lesbianism. Like so like true. Justin Bieber when he first came out looked like know. a little girl. Yeah, like a lesbian. He looked, <laughs> yes. he looked like a lesbian. He had. The- I love when they would compare Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber like side by side at a certain point of their ages, and you like Looked couldn't exactly tell who like- was who. Yeah, yeah. and no, and like true. all girls seem to like go like Sean Cassidy or uh, uh, David right. Cassidy. I mean, the long hair. Um, in Germany, there is a, in German culture there is a, a it, when girls are in uh, 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. It is it is it is socially acceptable. This goes back to Weimar Germany, you know, the 20s, 30s. Mm-hmm. It's socially acceptable for you to have a crush on a girl mm-hmm. and to bring a girl presence in school and to mm-hmm. kind of express that mm-hmm. part of yourself. And I think that how it manifests in our culture is girls get uh, fall in love with pretty, pretty boys. And it's also like lining up with all the K-pop stuff now because they're incredibly androgynous. Mm-hmm. Yes. I need to see that doc. I'm just, this is, this is a whole other rabbit hole. Um, yeah. What, what knocked me out about, uh, well, in meeting both of you was mm-hmm. um, that you took your story, your personal story about what you're having family, you turn into a television show. Personally, mm-hmm. I couldn't think of a worse experience than having to do <laughs> a television show about my parents. Um, yeah. I couldn't watch or write yeah. it. Um, yeah. it, it. I love that show. The first season, uh, I do like just such extraordinary. Love performance. her. Now, when yeah. you see your family up there in, in, and 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 these actors, established actors, portraying your family, how close is it to the real thing? There's edges. There's flavors. It, there's no, not not one is a, car, a carbon copy, yeah. um, but there's definitely flavors and feels. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it happens. It happened to you. Right. And it didn't happen the way that it happened in the show at all. My, you know, my parent actually came out way after um, my parents had divorced, even though that was this, that was the narrative on the show. It wasn't directly after. And, um, you know, we were, we were sort of di- different coasts and we weren't really in my parents' life, like mm, yeah. the characters, the, the, this family's a very enmeshed family. Mm-hmm. Um and we were Joey and I were a little older, but were the three the three kids are like a bit of a weird composite of jo- of me Joey and myself, mm-hmm. and there's definite um, flavors that are very very real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And it was it was definitely part of the mo- the movement in 2014. It's kind of like the consciousness yeah. just kind of did a warp drive, and and so much so that. Like less than a couple seasons after, especially with the you know, the accusations of uh, yeah. harassment with with Jeffrey on the show, the 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 uh, cisgender man playing a trans woman mm-hmm. kind right. of became an obsolete that was like, concept yeah. really really fast. How did you handle that um, working on the show? Yeah. Well, it was something that from the beginning we were um, you know we had trans consultants with us, and because we were starting um, our character off as Mort. Mm-hmm. pre just even that was just a little bit pre-transition um they were like yeah i think this could work you know mm-hmm. and um 
then because, you know, when we started, we definitely had people in the trans community that were not happy. We didn't quite understand as, right. as you do now, um, that, um, why, and, uh, you know, Jeffrey reminded us of our parent. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of this uneducated yet true thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it was like a little bit of everything. And, um, even I, I would say even the trans, I don't know, I don't want to speak for the, for all of our trans consultants and, and, you know, we had, uh, by, but we had non-conforming, uh, gender non-conforming writer first season, second season, we had Lady J, you know, in the room mm-hmm. and then more trans writers as we went and obviously more producers. Um, but people were, you know, like, yeah, we're doing, we have trans we have other trans actors you know this this trans actor isn't played by alexandra and um trace lissette and direct directors you know reese ernst and um and um gosh um uh i can't think of um, i'm blanking on an amazing director who's a um a, a trans male director uh can't he's done so much um, and I feel bad that I can't remember his name right now. Wonderful dude. Make something up. Uh, I'm going to say Sid, but that's not his name. Um, <laughs> Sid Vicious. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and, you know, within all of all the department, like we went right, we went full steam ahead with like having a trans advis, ad, advis, advocacy approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Hiring everybody that um, we could uh, with behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. And it was Jeffrey Tambor that was like the matriarch Mora became more of as culture was catching up with the show. Yes. More of an issue. Right. And um, then as we were, you know, you know, I think we were, that maybe is the last Cis the last actor, one totally yeah. Yeah. Trans character i remember there, there were a slew of them before so yeah but the yeah. ground shifted so fast it did yeah. yeah i remember him speaking at was it in, was it at the emmys or some award show and he gave a speech just basically saying like we hear you thank you for being patient you know we're trying to do the best that we can mm-hmm. and, and and just even just speaking to it and acknowledging it i thought I thought it was mm-hmm. great too, but it also kind of made me think of um, Orange is the New Black, the way that they did it um, for Laverne Cox, because her character, obviously Laverne Cox, but when they would do flashbacks to pre-transition, Laverne Cox actually has an identical twin brother. Twin right? brother. And I, I know. And that was just like, you're never really going to get that opportunity too much, never. right? To have yeah, one play that. the other. But I did yeah. not know that until I read. I was like, oh, she's she's in drag or something like that. I know. That's what like I thought work. too. Yeah. yeah I, I have... That show. Um, Friends who worked as trans consultants, um, Calpurnia Adams, mm. who yes, uh, I know who she is. Coached yeah. Felicity Huffman, and yeah. she and Andrea oh, James right. coached Felicity Huffman, and also yeah. she also coached um, Jared Leto for mm-hmm. uh, Dallas Buyers Club, <laughs> and and Leto. and got Leto. Is is it Leto? Jared, Jared Leto? I mean, that's the thing, <laughs> Jared Leto. I have so many questions about that because that got, can I swear on this? Yeah, you can yes. say Because that movie and everything, every, it got so shit on. Yeah. And yet our trans. And she got friend, shit on for doing she, it. And that's what I was going to yeah, ask. She got yeah, shit yeah. on a lot. She got shit on for Felicity. And yeah. her yeah. issue was, she was like, listen, we're not at the point now where they're letting us play us. And if somebody's going to do it, I want to make sure that this story is told correctly and respectfully. Yeah. 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 And um, and even for saying that, for taking that position, she mm-hmm. was like, 
drag. And this is a woman who, you know, her boyfriend was killed in a hate crime. Mm -hmm. You know, she came to prominence uh, because of this awful tragedy in her life. And, and, and so many of the, the younger generation of trans, uh, um, Again, I don't want to generalize, but yeah. a lot of the reaction to her um, online from the younger generation was very kind of intolerant and and uh, yeah. militant. Well, yeah, you know, it's so interesting. I start, I, I get this, I start to get uncomfortable talking about trans issues. This thing mm-hmm. happens to me where I'm like, I'm, I'm not trans. I shouldn't be talking about trans issues. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, no, Faith, you are, there is some... Yeah. allowance this that you are trans and it, uh, there's trans in you and you're trans in your family you yes. go ahead we're also talking about gender identity right? i know but it's, it's it's like i want these people i make it makes me so sad that calpurnia said that and they're not going to let us play you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. it feels historical it feels like a black person saying i'm not you know i they're not going to let us play this race so while i'm here i'm going to coach Right. Some white actor, how to be, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like, I get sad, you know. Um, also, I that, would maybe even the, like the other, the other side of it too, though. Like if you think about it, how incredible. Yeah, help that, me doctor. <laughs> <laughs> how, no, but how incredible when we're, cause what we're talking about are competing voices within the trans community, right? Different perspectives and stuff. Cause which it's was not monolithic. Which was other, yeah. which was other just yeah. kind of otherwise, you know, and historically one note, if it was even one note that was being played at all. So the fact that there's more diversity and even the community and perspectives, even if it's conflicting, like, wow, that's evolution in and of itself. And how beautiful that we get to have that, that expressed. Yeah, I know. What, well, we, I could talk forever. And I remembered the name of the director, Silas Howard. Silas there we Howard. go. Not yes. too far off from Sid. Yes. No, but the, yeah. the, <laughs> the, um, the discomfort that you speak of, of uh, that, uh, that you, you feel like you, you don't have ownership in it. Yes. I, I, there's this thing, like I started. Because I feel like you do. Like, I, I, I do. Just from too. listening to you. I, I do too. And I, I, I feel like I have been granted a certain, um, access to be able to express potentially some what trans people might feel Mm -hmm. um, from watching and feeling like oh this person was misgendered in my own community my own room right here or like the pain of what they have gone through yeah um but uh y'all will have trans people on the show if you haven't you know and Mm -hmm. that would be great because um they they need the mic yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah. But I do, I do do this thing. Like I remember like, um, that because of the show and it was way before where we are right now, anytime I would speak about our show and we've hired trans people and this, you know, I would get this uncomfortable feeling because I'm like, ah, but I'm not trans. And then yeah. I'm going through my evolution, but maybe I am, you know. Well, but to get to somebody a... said we're all trans. I think Alec, you said it's like, yeah, maybe <laughs> we are, and yeah. or, you know, and we have to look out for each other. And but this world is so this is 
a really hard world. Well, and, it's really difficult, you know, I think, and especially as we're becoming that much more aware and accepting of the fact that there's way more diversity that we need to acknowledge, right. that we all have more of an opportunity to, to just speak from our own experiences, yeah, right? Like nobody needs yeah. to claim, you know, the authority on any one group of people. Like even for myself, there's a lot of times when I'll say like, as gay guys, this and that, you know, if I'm like making a video or whatever for social media, yeah. And I'm way more mindful of the fact now more than ever about not speaking, you know, and kind of like, you know, for everybody. Yeah, right. terms. Exactly. Yeah. I think my, what I've realized is I'm just not cis. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. I mean, okay. not a hundred percent cis. Yeah. So and like fluid. Is it they like fluid? For me, like people will use they for me because they're not sure. And it feels really good, but yeah. I haven't gone out there and said, no, it's, it's she or her. Because I am in that like, yeah, and SpongeBob. Yeah, I bring up, you know, what you said, the, the safety of the story. And what, what it brings uh-huh. me to is that ambiguity is a really uncomfortable space to yes. occupy. Yes. It is, it is, it yeah, is yeah. not safe. Yes. Uh-huh. It is not, uh, it feels not safe. It, it feels not safe. Yes. It feels not safe. An important distinction. And, and, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't know what this quote is from. That he said that nobody's ever really lost. You know that mm-hmm. that we we go through our lives where where we sometimes feel I, I'm directionless, I'm rudderless. But sometimes mm-hmm. that there's a drift that's part of our existence as yeah. human beings on this planet. Totally. You know, it's like uh, it, 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 there there's goo. It's not, mm. it's, it, there's a lot of gray area. Mm. And I think that, um, I certainly the, my comfort level is I always want to know the answer. I'm a, yes. I want yeah. to and having a child, I mean, you have a child. Uh, yeah. my son is 15, 16 mm. years old. He's adopted. Mm. And sometimes things aren't going to be answered right away. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, you're going through this thing right now and it's not going to be fixed right away. It's just where we're at. And we have, as uncomfortable as this is, we're just going to have to step through it one day at a time. Yeah, yeah. And that's why people who uh, claim, uh, not claim, I'm sorry, people who are, um, I was going to say claim the the identity, people who are non-binary um, can live there and want to live there. Yeah. They yeah. want that. They don't want you to necessarily see one gender or one yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Or have it be, or have it be so defined. Like I remember, mm-hmm. like one of the most powerful things I ever learned, especially as a counselor, is the power in saying I don't know, meaning like I don't have to have an answer for this. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I learned that in uh, at GMHC, which is an HIV/AIDS organization, and doing test counseling and psychoeducation for clients that would come through, mm-hmm. and and they taught us the importance of it's our instinct when people mm-hmm. ask us questions to have an answer, and so we would typically make something up or exaggerate mm-hmm. a thing, that's and what I that's. Do. And that's not helpful because that's misinformation. <laughs> right. So just being able to feel empowered enough to say, I don't know. And I'll, and I'll see if I can find that answer for you, but finding comfort in that ambiguity. It was my life. young friend who said, you know, Faith, you might not be cis. And I was like, oh, when you feel that kind of thing, that's like, that's true. I yeah. might not be. Yeah. That's the most true thing, thing that I've felt so far, you know? I, but it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, my son's generation, there's so many yeah. non-binary kids who are like, and they love it. And, yeah. And, yeah. and 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 I look at them, you know, I pick them up from school and I'm like, yep, that makes sense. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and they are, there's a whole new generation that it wasn't raised with the rigidity of gender that we were raised. You are right. This is a rabbit hole and we need to have you on 10 more times. <laughs> yes. It's a rabbit hole. It's yeah. just, it's everything. It's as cloudy as it is illuminating. Yeah, this went by so yeah. fast. I feel like it we're does. stoned. 
and yeah, we're just we're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, when we look up at the clock and it's three o'clock in the morning, yeah. I love this conversation. <laughs> that you oh, me too. Had. It's been and a lovely conversation. Yeah. Um, okay. We usually end with a hot message on the Hot Mess podcast. Um, what What would you impart to anybody listening yeah. out there who's in a similar circumstance as you? I think what you just what you just said, Matthew, is true. We are so socialized to come up with an answer and to know right away. So we're that that, that uncomfortable th- thing of not knowing, of not being yeah. cool enough to care yeah. to have emotion. The more that you can resonate and sit with things that could potentially be uncomfortable for you in order to get to a truth, yeah, is the most important time you can have with yourself. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That's what my kid's going through right now. As yeah. a teenager, he did. There's so many unanswered questions that it's not going to be answered. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Let, it, let it steep. Let it stew. Let it steep. <laughs> where, where can one find Faith Falloway on the social media? Are you uh, on social media? Yeah. I've, I've got this fun little duo called One Long Earring right now that is really fun for me. Old f- feminist lesbians singing <laughs> songs you don't want them to sing. <laughs> and I can't wait to keep, that's like my uh, my alter ego, Joan Stone Suarez Levy. <laughs> um, so if I, if I want anybody to follow anything, it would be the One Long Earring on Instagram. Um, and I'm, you know, that's really fun for me. It's my, my old, like my old schlocky shtick that I used to do in Chicago. <laughs> oh, and, wonderful. You know, love the co- the coffee play. house version. <laughs> yeah. Just, she's, she shouldn't be, you know, she's got a dulcer, my hammer, maybe somewhere that she wants yeah. to bring out and play for you. And you're like, no. So her and her, and, um, her and her part, and I won't go into it, but yeah, that's what I'm doing now. And I would love people to follow that as we start to at the about. one long earring at the one long earring opening yeah. for it. Frank at a coffee house. I, 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 thrilled. I have a gray wig. I just, I've just, lo- this is my high drag is this. She's on a, she's, I can't a wait garlic farm and she's, you know, very, a very high soprano voice. I can, that's a whole invite me back as Joan. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. It's a deal. Thanks this so was much a thrill. It was so fun to talk to both of you. You're both yeah, this so was great. Thank humans. you so much. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Wow, Matthew, that was that was mind blowing today. That was great. I love. I love these kind of conversations. Yeah, I really do too. What's your hot message of the day? Um, I think I'm going to piggyback a little bit off of what Faith said because I love that idea of getting still and finding some kind of comfort in the unknown, which is inherently difficult for us as human beings because we always want to have answers. But being able to recognize that and and kind of just get still in that moment is what helps us get to the truth, like Faith said. And I and so I love that part. So I would echo that. Right. And I think, and I'm gonna piggyback on that on your Oh, so many piggybacking. Oh wow. Chain <laughs> of piggybacking. Um it, it is that as much as you know we're always seeking safety, right? Yeah. And I and I think acknowledging that you don't know yeah. is is a great thing. Yes. And to kind of embrace that, embrace that you don't have the answer right now yeah. and, and just don't, stop resisting it. I think by yeah. resisting of like not knowing, you know, mm-hmm. fighting against it, you just kind of prolong yourself. You prolong your discomfort. Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Where can, where can people find you on the socials, Matthew? You can find me at MJ Dempsey Psych on Instagram and Twitter, Matthew J Dempsey Psychotherapy on Facebook. 
You can find me at Alec Moffat, Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook. And you can find us both at the Hot Mess Pod <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. God, it's so complicated. Um, so many things. Uh, so many things. Don't forget to download and subscribe. Uh, yes. We love doing the show. We love talking about mental health. And, you know, I joke that we're saving the world, but I really do believe that we're making the world a little less messy by I hope so. one hot mess at a time. That's right. And acknowledging that we are hot mess. So tune in next week for more hot mess fun. Bye, guys. Bye. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.